0: The final snap of Super Bowl Forty Five, the Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl! The Lombardi Trophy is coming home!
2: What is up everybody, welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. uh, Following the Jets game, which was disappointing even more so than the Giants game. I guess the city of New York has some significant beef with the city of Green Bay. But joining me this week for another post-game pod is Ty Windish. Ty, how are you
1: doing? Um, I'm well, but only because we are like four or five days away from Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> uh, regular season action starting, the Packers and lack of Brewers postseason ball has me significantly less well. And, you know, this game, I think it's fair for any Packer backers to be pretty unwell after watching this but how are you doing Numak?
2: i'm down bad we will say to put it to put it uh bluntly this game was horrendous to watch the first half was nothing short of just two teams vomiting all over themselves and then one team decided to pick it up at halftime and the other decided to not that being the packers packers end up losing 27 10 but before we get into that a couple things to promote thursday buck season starts Ty and Rohan, getting back at it. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, new feed or new pod in the feed regarding, uh, Ty, right, what are you guys talking about this week?
1: Not just them. Actually, oh, right. we, did, the... we have a three-part Eurostep Podcast Network Bucks coverage season preview. So on, I think, Friday of last week, the West Over Unders pod dropped on Monday morning. So when you're listening to this, it is live. The East non-Bucks Over Unders preview drops. And then the four of us are getting together for for Wednesday to do a strictly bucks preview pod. And we'll share our takes on there over under Pat Cotoden's injury. Maybe that changes the line. Only three weeks. We'll see. The right. wing depth is suspect, but we will get to that on the Eurostep Podcast Network Milwaukee Bucks feed. So check that out if you're not already. Absolutely. But as much as I would love Numa <laughs> to talk about the Bucks some more. Uh, we should probably get back to back to the pack. And there was a great cruising for a bruising post mortem pod. Some good make time for this. I believe we're going to do the bear pod together, uh-huh. talking about the Hulu series, The Bear. Which I don't know is the bear more or less stressful than watching the Packers on any given Sunday? I'm Man, not sure. Man, I'm not close. sure. Uh, Rogers looked to be having some Carmy meltdowns on uh, during the game at a couple <laughs> different points. <laughs> Um, but as much as I would love to keep talking about everything else we're doing at GSPN, maybe except for the Brewers, we we should dive in here. Where do you want to start this uh, 27 to 10? I know you just said the Jets game. I know yeah. people know, but they do lose 27 to 10 in Lambeau Field. Where should we start?
2: They lost at Lambo Field and not London. So there's no excuses this week for whatever the. Whatever we just watched, yeah. As I mentioned, the uh, the first half was insufferable. The
1: it uh, was T N F. It was somebody told these two teams that noon on Sunday is the new Thursday night because six total points. That was T N F. Football we saw
2: through the first like hall ride. I guess ten drives. There were nine punts and a missed field goal, and then it went fumble, field goal, downs, missed field goal, field goal. Like it was just. Awful, awful football. But as I mentioned, it was 3-3 going into the half. The Packers weren't out of this game. And then, starting in the second half, they just decided to not be good anymore. <laughs> like The defense started letting up more yards, uh, rushing and not being so uh, disciplined that way. Ended up getting outscored in the second half uh, 24-7. to That's not good. One of those was a uh, blocked punt for a touchdown, but even then, you're allowing... The Jets to score two touchdowns and then put a big drive together at the end of the game to kick a field goal and seal it. Like it was whatever halftime speech Matt Lafleur and company gave to the Packers must have rivaled that the uh, the sideline speech he gave to the offense because he gave that at zero zero and they scored ten more points. So I don't know what sort of feeble, weak, not good uh, speech was given at halftime by Matt Lafleur and Joe Barry and the company, but it wasn't good. They didn't change anything.
1: Yeah, I think we've had a lot of Aaron Rodgers conversations, and we're going to have another one. But I sh- should we talk about the defense first? Because I do think just because the offense is going to be this prolonged conversation, yeah. I almost want to get to the defense first before we just get totally kind of unraveled. Up. Yeah, and do the whole LaFleur and Rodgers and everything else thing. Right. Honestly, I'm so torn on this defense so first half incredible i mean you hold you hold a team the three points when your offense does nothing mm-hmm. for a full half and again yeah the offense is one scoring drive didn't impact the defense at all because it was the end of the half so the offense doesn't move the ball at all the defense holds the jets to three points it's great they press the receivers which is what we wanted yeah it worked really well
2: man that mad defense worked well
1: <laughs> jair looked great adrian amos really made plays all over the place yep Really early, Dean Lowry made some plays, not so much after that. But I want to ask you, I think the biggest question I have about this defense is not, like, should they keep doing that? I think obviously, yes. It seemed clear to me that their playmakers were able to make plays because they were playing up. Mm -hmm. But do we think that they are just running out of gas at the end of games because they have to be on the field so much because the offense can't stay out there? Or are there bigger problems? Because I do feel like this is now two weeks in a row – where you know let's say mid offenses the Giants and the Jets now I mean these are teams that are winning games they're not awful but not great they're not the Bills right Right. why are these teams having so much success late in games like can we just chalk it up to fatigue which is what I think Adam and I did last week after the London game or is there a deeper problem here I mean we we've know Joe Barry's defense not been perfect but you know what is going on late in games to where it goes from a 3-point first half to a 24-point second half against the Jets at home.
2: I really think it, it, it plays a lot into what you guys are talking about in that it is it is them getting worn out because they're on the field so much. Because if you're not putting long, sustained drives together, you're to seal an adage from Mark Antanasio and David Stearns, you're giving the other teams opposing offenses more bites at the apple to figure out an offensive scheme that's working. Like If you are just giving the offense opposing offense more plays eventually something's gonna work right like you very rarely do you see just a full offensive game not work like you're seeing the packers doing the last few weeks like that's not normal um across the nfl so if you're basically just giving you're wearing down the defense like the packers defense by keeping them out there so long because the offense can't sustain anything but also when teams are seeing which every look you can give a team because you can only game plan for so much during a week. They're eventually going to start figuring out what they need to do to beat you, and it's then compounded by the fact that early, like early in games, when it's tied and when you're not down by a lot, you can pass the ball, run the ball, kind of equally. But then once they are getting a lead, once opposing offense they're getting a lead, they can just start running the ball, which the Packers aren't good at defending, anyways. And so it, the Packers' biggest flaw in their run defense gets compounded by the fact that they can't stop they can't get off the field in the first place. Back up. They can get off the field because they're forcing turnovers and turnovers on downs and such, but they're out there. They're so not often. they're
1: not forcing turnovers. I think that is I'm probably their ready. biggest issue.
2: Agreed. Forcing punts is what I meant to yeah. say.
1: Yeah. They they so I think
2: go ahead. They can get off the field. They're just yeah. on the field so often that they get worn out.
1: Yes. Yes. It feels to me like I thought the secondary had a great game. And you look right. at Zach, do you know how bad it feels to lose to a team that is 110? And that's not counting the sacks. It's 99 if you factor in the two sacks. But, like, either 99 or 110 passing yards in 2022. And it rained for a little bit, but this was not a flood game. Like, there was no reason. The the secondary just did a great job against the Jets receivers. But two sacks, and one of them was just – Zach Wilson stinks, man. Yeah, and <laughs> they were the broadcast at one point was like, this guy's learning from Aaron Rodgers. The stats aren't great, <laughs> but he is leading them. No, he's not. He stinks. He was terrible in this game. One of the sacks yeah. was Zach Wilson's terrible pocket presence, which was on display the whole game. Mm-hmm. Basically, just wanders into Rashawn Gary after he gets pushed outside. And that was one of the two sacks for the Packers. But two sacks, no turnovers. The Packers lose the turnover battle one to zero. I said it like I think like three different Jets drives. It's time for the Packers defense to force a turnover. They have not done it enough all year. If I had to guess, they've got to be near the bottom in I the league. Like
2: one or like the the fumble in Tampa is the only one I can really think of.
1: I think there was a pick, maybe two oh, against yeah. Justin um, Fields.
2: I, yeah, they had two against Justin Fields. I remember. like
1: late in game kind of heave stuff yep. has been a significant percentage of their their forced turnovers they're even when like, they just, they can't get off the field except for forcing three and outs or forcing, you know, stopping on third downs, they can never end a drive early. And I think that factors into, I think blaming the offense for the defense is somewhat true, but I also Mm -hmm. think they never cut off drives early. Like they do it the hard way every single time instead of forcing a fumble or, or picking off a pass or whatever else it is. Right and it just really has hurt them and it did in this game too where the jets are winning the field position battle and even when they're not when they get a punt blocked the offense still isn't able to capitalize in the first half which i think was a pretty big swing moment in this game the two blocked punts i think both swung the game in different ways the packers or maybe one was a field goal but the packers not able to score when they get a block on special teams the jets return theirs for a touchdown I mean, that's a 10-ish point swing right there in a 17-point game. Right. But the defense just, I think they play play very soundly. There just has not, in this game especially, not enough impact plays. No. Two total sacks, no turnovers. They were good, but they couldn't swing the game. And maybe that's just unrealistic to expect, but they didn't do it. They didn't look like a great defense, I think. In the first half, they did. Right. But overall, they're just like, they're a solid to good defense. Because they don't they don't make enough of the big splash plays that swing games.
2: Right. I'm looking at uh their their turnover stats right now. They have one interception, that was the the Jair Alexander one where he dove in front of it at the end of the game. And then if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it's four forced fumbles or four fumble recoveries, one by Isaiah McDuffie, one by Darnell Savage, Jaron Reed, and Rashawn Gary. So it's not too many. Like that's definitely not going to be up with the higher uh, percentages of the league,
1: and it shows. I mean, one pick through six games with is as good as
2: it, that's probably more scheme than it is. Um, like
1: talent. maybe a little bit too of they have forced teams that either have no quarterback or no pass catchers. Tampa, so teams just haven't thrown as much.
2: Right. They're, why would you throw the ball and force it or like? Run the risk of throwing interception when the rushing game does so well. Like, (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah, hundred percent.
2: They're just like, oh, if we don't have a good quarterback. Billy Zappi, Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson. Why not just run the ball when we have? uh, I'm not going to. Damian Harris and uh, Ramondre Stevenson are good. They're not great, but then Saquon Barkley and now the running back duo of Reese Hall and Michael Carter. Michael Carter. Like, it's this doesn't make sense. Like, why wouldn't you? Why would you put the the game in your offensive's, I guess, least talented person's hands than just run the ball and gash so, out the defense. That was what we saw today.
1: <laughs> it's a pretty good question for Green Bay too, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Weird how that but works. First, but first, anymore, any I don't want to go over there too quickly because again, I just, I worry that we'll do offense for 50 minutes and then just do defense. Yeah. So what were your other takes about or your thoughts about Green Bay's defense in this game?
2: Uh is the same as it's been all season. Pass defense good, run defense bad. The uh they put this the the stat up there to begin or like the the graphic up there to begin the game. Packers have the fifth best defense in the in the NFL, second in pass defense, twenty first in rush defense, and it shows its colors again today. Like I don't know what the D line's doing to allow some of these up the gut runs and then like the linebackers can't stop outside runs, but it's obvious the game plan against the Packers is to run the ball and then take shots downfield when they can't stop the run. It happened um once this game, mostly because Zach Wilson didn't play that well, but Eric Stokes got beat on a the double move from Corey Davis for a 40-yard um, completion. I think it was on the second to last touchdown drive for the Jets and. That's just, like, those are going to happen sometimes. Like, you can't be upset for Eric Stokes letting that up, but that's the longest reception they had of the day. They had 10 total receptions, two of them by Corey Davis. Other than that, the longs were 14 from C.J. Uzama and 16 yards from Tyler Conklin. Like, they held the passing game in check, partially because they'd play in a lesser quarterback again, but then they just hand the ball off, and the entire defense breaks down. On the, the Brees Hall um Touchdown run. Greg Olson pointed out on the broadcast, Quay Walker overcommitted to setting the edge when he was supposed to fill a gap, and Brees Hall ran right where Quay Walker had vacated. Like, that's just, he's a rookie. We don't want to rig on Quay Walker. We've been high on him so far this season because he's been sort of flying around the ball, been a high impact player, but those are the rookie mistakes we're kind of seeing, and those rookie mistakes were reading their head at a bad time.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at the Jets, Brees Hall and Michael Carter combined are averaging about pretty much six flat yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson averaged 6.1 yards per attempt. So, like, their rushing game was basically as effective. And again, right like, a third of his yard, more than a third of his yards, do come on the one play to Corey Davis, which under thrown ball. That Stokes kind of just loses an air after he earlier lost Corey Davis right and Davis comes back and make the catch you take that out though their longest completion outside of that was 16 yards to Tyler Conklin and that was 41 of the 110 passing yards like that literally nothing over 20 yards in the passing game right besides that one of course you know you look at New York's rushing stats three different guys have runs of 20 or more yards including a Braxton Berrios touchdown, and it does. It feels like all year this has been kind of a problem, and certainly in this game, anything that's funky, like the Braxton Berrios touchdown, was kind of like a fake misdirection. Then Berrios is going the other way, and the Packers defense. It feels like if they lose a guy or on the line, he's just gone. Yeah, and that's a little bit of a secondary thing, but really, I just thought. The linebackers, I don't really remember a play that linebackers made in this play. Like, I remember early a couple from Dean Lowry. Don't really remember anything Kenny Clark did, to be honest with didn't you. And hear, I didn't
2: think hear his name called.
1: He has been a – I think he is kind of the issue for the middle of the line in the rush defense. Like, that's the guy I think you need to do better. Yeah. I don't think he's done enough in rush or pass, but certainly in rush. But, like, you know, Campbell, Devondre Campbell ends up, I think, with eight tackles. Yep or solo but i don't remember one of those that was oh that was a great tackle to stop a rush early it's like okay tackled someone seven yards down the field it's not that helpful Mm -hmm. just felt like that early to middle part of the field was way too soft for green bay and too late to some of these rushing plays
2: right in general the, the um the pass pass rush wasn't there too much anyways like only had 18 like true dropbacks like pass attempts essentially but looking at the USBM box score only two sacks and that was really all the QB hits they had were the two sacks so it's tough when you're not getting a chance to tee off on on a quarterback that's not throwing a lot but you still like if it's a quarterback of Zach Wilson's caliber at least try and make it difficult on some of his throws which maybe they did I don't know it's not encouraging to say the least but at the same time, it's the the run defense just needs to get better, and Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, the, the biggest example, and Jerry just need to be better at stopping this run and plugging holes where they need to be, because they just keep getting gashed. And it's inside and outside. It's it's a front seven issue.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think in this game they weren't good enough against either. And as you said, there yeah. just wasn't that many pass sets but the two sacks were the one I mentioned earlier where Rashawn Gary kind of just finds Zach Wilson yeah, and then Kingsley and Gabare, hopefully I pronounced that correctly on a DB blitz where they just kind of overwhelmed the, the jets offensive line, but it wasn't like guys weren't beating the offensive lineman and getting home. It was, it was a schemed up, you know, DB back or DB blitz and just the junk Rashawn Gary one where sack probably should have gone to, I think it was Reed who was kind of forcing him out of the pocket, but it's one of those where Rashawn Gary gets the full sack, but kind of just kind of, it was just there for him. It wasn't like the defensive lineman though. Again, I think Dean Lowry made like two plays early on where I was like, Oh, is this going to be the Dean Lowry game? Didn't really hear his name after that. Didn't really hear anyone's (laughs) name after that. And it's just a problem that the front line that, you know, I think we didn't look at it as a strength of this Packers defense, certainly with Jair, Razul Douglas, Adrian Amos, the secondary should be a strength, but we looked at it as a good unit, especially with Kenny Clark there in the middle, just has not been enough splash plays in this season whatsoever.
2: No, and you touched on it too, um, the DB blitzes became a thing, we saw it like two or three times where they sent a secondary uh, man to to blitz the quarterback, and um, the one time it worked when they helped get the sack, and the second time was the big breakaway run um, by Brees Hall, I think on his touchdown. So at least they're doing them. I can't fault the the result for the process because at least they're they're making these things prevalent in the game. But maybe do it a little more often just to try and put the pressure on and get Zach Wilson to force turnover on a bad throw or something
1: yeah i thought scheme wise i like the way the defense played overall it's Uh just like can the front four get some more run stops or just get some more pressure and that's it's you know you you can scheme that by sending help but you can't totally scheme those guys just playing better so hopefully you know guys like kenny clark tj slayton etc are able to kind of flip a switch here and make some more plays going forward
2: uh, Kenny Clark has two sacks in the season. They both came against Tampa. And I don't even remember which ones they were. <laughs> like he's like he's gotten, he's not, doesn't have a lot of tackles on the season. Doesn't has only has two sacks. Like it's, I feel like he just needs to be better.
1: Does that have his tackles for loss data?
2: Uh, It does. He has three tackles for loss in the season. Two were the sacks that he gave up in Tampa and one against Minnesota in week one. Otherwise, zero last or zero last week, zero against the, uh, the Patriots, and then today, I don't think he had one. Um, Kenny Clark had three tackles today.
1: Oh, yeah, he had three three tackles, none for loss. I yeah. was looking up. So prior to this game, we won't know that until later this week, yeah. the next episode of Talk of the Tundra. But Kenny Clark was the 18th overall rated defensive interior defensive lineman. As per PFF, mm-hmm. really bolstered by his 87.5 pass rushing grade. So he's, he must be racking up some pressures at least prior to this week. But he is coming in sub 60 on run defense grade, which they don't renumber, but you have to scroll down the list. And I think that's outside the top 50 <laughs> yeah. of interior defensive linemen for rush defense, which I think that that checks out. Or he's actually, no. Uh, They don't number it, but he is last when you sort by rows of 50. So he is the 50th rank interior defensive lineman in rush defense prior to this game. And I would not anticipate that going up because, again, not a game where anyone on the Packers run defense look good. Right. So I, I think that checks out. Even if the sacks aren't there, it wouldn't surprise me if he was responsible for generating more pressure prior to this week. But the run defense is an issue and he has not done a lot to help that.
0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Right. That's pretty much all there is to it. So, Should we hop into the, the offense and start getting mad? Let's do it. Yeah. Before we get mad, let's start with something a little nice. Bobby Tunyon. Really good game today. Seems like he's back back.
1: He moved well. Uh, Clearly, Rodgers really trusts him, which we know is important. 12 targets, which led the team. 10 receptions, which also led the team. And one of the two target non-receptions was a clutch uh drop because it would have led to a pick six i guess it wouldn't have been a catch either way but it was good that he didn't get his hand under it in the first drive of the game yeah but yeah i think he moves well for a tight end he's got dependable hands i didn't think either of the two um non-completions to him were necessarily his fault Mm -hmm. it's good to see he is like if he just keeps playing like this and they can either get dobbs developed or get Watkins back, I think he is looking like a very solid third slash fourth, maybe even fifth if you count the running backs option on offense. Just like that, the the safety valve, the classic tight end role of he's underneath, he's getting open, he's moving with Rodgers. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you want to see. So definitely a good game from Tunyon.
2: Somebody on Packers Twitter had mentioned it last week, and I forget who it was. But they were saying like some fixes would possibly like, would include putting Tunyon outside and making um, either Tyler Davis or uh, Deguara the true like tight end at the end of the line blocking and things like that, and making Tunyon a wide receiver tight end rather than a tight end wide receiver if that makes sense. And so it worked this week. Like clearly, when Rogers targets Tunyon, he's going to catch the ball. Like ten of twelve was pretty darn good for ninety yards. They didn't even get into the red zone at any, really any opportunity. I don't think they had a snap in the red zone, but I can't confirm that. Um, to really give them a chance to score. Like, they took a bunch of deep shots in the end zone, but they never took one to Tunyon. And so, I'm glad that they're using them that way. It goes back to the sentiment that um, I believe Jordan and I talked about on Thursday. Is that they have a bunch of talent on this team, which we're going to get into and talk a little bit more about in a minute. They have a bunch of talent on this team that are having individual really good games, but they're not putting it all together to make a cohesive unit. Like Tunyon this week. Um, I forget who it was last week. I think it was Lazard. Or two weeks before that might have been Lazard. But they all like Lazard, Aaron Jones, Tunyon, Dobbs, um, even Rogers was good like uh against the Bears, have all had really good games. They just cannot put it all together for some reason. And it's part of the reason that they can't get anything going.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's time now. And I thought Lazard was pretty good in this game. I mean, just a lot of contested catches. And I mean, Sauce Gardner is is that guy. And he was on Lazard for pretty much all. He was mm-hmm. knocked out of the game for a little bit. Thankfully, he was able to get back healthy um, and play again by the end of the game. But... He's that dude, and he was all over Lazard in this game. Still came down with four catches for 76 yards and a beautiful touchdown. But I think the issue you're talking about, we need to have a Matt LaFleur conversation because Adam and I post-Giants game talked about, you know, is it Rodgers at the line or is it LaFleur's play calling, the reason that Aaron Jones never gets the ball, which, again, we've talked about in every Packers game this season. We've got to talk about it again in this game Mm -hmm. and aaron jones did look shaken up at some point i do wonder if he's dealing with some sort of a recurring injury to be quite honest because no other explanation really makes any sense for the touch distribution at this point but i just think the play calling has just been so uneven and somewhat nonsensical Mm -hmm. they'll start moving the ball on the ground and then pass 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 and it just feels like the the looks that we're looking for Funny enough, Amari Rodgers was the player who caught the ball in question. He had a nice a nice receiver snap and then didn't do anything else as a receiver in the game. But it was a play action like mid middle of the field, probably, I don't know, 11 to 14 ish yards downfield. It ended up being a 14 yard catch. So right around there, right? Just like slant up the middle of the field. So it wasn't in the backfield or, you know, at the line of scrimmage. And it wasn't 30 yards deep. It was that middle of the field using the threat of the run game. And it looked great. And it just feels like the Packers do so little of that. Mm -hmm. They don't run the ball enough in general. (laughs) The love love (laughs) for Dylan over Jones. I mean, Dylan played better in this game. In this game, yeah. I think it's been kind of there's been times where Dylan just gets more carries even earlier in the game. And I like AJ Dylan, something against him. He had a pretty bad game, two drops and a a tough fumble in this one, but he did have 4.1 yards per carry versus Jones 2.1, the jets defensive line and the Packers offensive line were really working against him. Right. But it's just so many bizarre things happening in terms of where the ball is going, the routes that are being run, who is getting the ball, how little they're handing it off, and which back is getting it. Things just aren't adding up. And at a certain point, you can say, you know, Rodgers is doing the least optimal things at the line, but he's not the one lining them up and saying who should be out there and what plays should be run. I just don't think Matt LaFleur has been very good this year with the offense, and I think his brother was better than him today, and it's why the Packers dropped their second game in a row to New York teams that they were heavily favored against.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make, like, sort of any any sense to me that, like, this is just what we predicted coming in the season that LeFleur has wanted a run-first offense, right? But at least that's what we thought. That's what we thought of how this was going to go, given sort of the team build, right? And now it's just not happening. They have the tools to do it, and it's just not happening. I think it was um, last week against the Giants, A.J. Dillon had his lowest snap per snap count percentage of the game since I think like the end of last year or something. Like it's been going steadily down since week one. And I think it was and it was for sure last week that he had zero um targets in the passing game. Like they just didn't utilize AJ Dillon last week. And now this week he they bounce back and they get him involved on ten rushes and uh six targets in the pet in the passing game. So they're incorporating him more. But then they just take out Aaron Jones's likes. Like it's there, it, we knew and, and wanted it to happen this year, where we'd use both of them equally, and the success would be would come because they're two different types of backs, right? Well, it's it's more seemingly the fact that now they're utilizing each back in separate games, rather than using them both to their abil- their best of their ability in game and like per game. It's like okay, AJ, this is your week to go out and do some work, okay. Aaron now it's your turn to go out and do some work and it goes from week to week and that just isn't how it should be Aaron Jones is the most talented player on the Green Bay Packers offense and they're not giving him opportunities to do so nine rushes today for 19 yards 10 rushes for 41 yards for um AJ Dillon like AJ Dillon had a little bit more success but it's probably from the fact that they were giving him more chances to run and um in in a row essentially there was so many times where we saw just Aaron Jones go away from the offense forever, and we never saw like him get multiple rushing attempts on a drive. Again, they can't sustain drives, anyways. Maybe that's part of the reason, but they just keep going away from the run game. Like if 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 Hadrian Dillon's gonna have ten rushes for forty-one yards, like four point one average is not bad. It's not good, but regardless, they just aren't committing to the run game. I want to hear no more talk from the floor and Aaron Rodgers any anyway, bit about how we need to get, need to get the run game more involved yada 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 it's all smoke and mirrors they're not committed to getting getting the run game going they threw it 45 times this game counting Jordan Love's four throws at the end of the game to 20 rushes one of them being from Aaron Rodgers in this game they more than doubled their passing attempts on instead of the rushing attempts and it's not like they played down the whole game they were tied 3-3 at halftime like it the, it's, You can't explain that disparity in one half of football. They did not commit to the run in the first half. Probably why they couldn't get the offense going. A.J. Dillon fumbling shouldn't take away from the scheme that you want to get the run game going, but they did. And on like, I think it was the first drive. They went uh, half-back dive with A.J. Dillon. They got, like, two, three yards, and then two passes, and they punted. Like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which we've just seen all year. We've seen so many of those possessions where it's like one decent run or, you know, decent to bad run. And it's like, all right, let's just throw downfield twice. And between Rodgers waning accuracy this season and receivers who just, they're not Devontae Adams. They're right. not getting wide open repeatedly, right? Like it nope. is tougher. We'll
2: get to that. I have some sets on that, but we'll yeah. get to
1: it. It's just, there's just been so many drives like that. And we have LaFleur this week, according to Zach Krause, or Cruz, sorry, uh, on Aaron Jones getting three carries in the first half. Again, a 3 3 first half. Not like they were down big. Quote, that's not good enough. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> We've known all along. We knew the whole game it wasn't enough. You're the one who has to know that, buddy, and do something about it. Like, right. I, I just don't understand these quotes that it's like, if only someone could do something, you call the place. <laughs> put the ball on his hands. What do you mean? That's not good enough. Yeah. It's yeah. Not like, this is a new thing. It's like this, this week, suddenly, oh, wow. Aaron Jones really wasn't involved every game this year, every game outside of the bears I'm game where they the won. Game. We've said, Hey, you know, maybe Aaron Jones should get the ball. They're not down three scores in the first half. No, nope. They just don't put together consistent drives. Maybe let's get Aaron Jones the ball. Let's, you know get him how about a traditional running back screen i feel like they really just do not no. do that very often they get they guys tried. in the flat they, they i feel like they get guys game. in the flat but they're not good at screens which is odd yeah
2: they tried a couple times this game and they didn't work out but it's,
1: well maybe cuz the offensive line was just a whole other mess we're going to have to talk about it is, but we're going to talk about it
2: but it's just like it's the i think you should uh i think you should leave uh, bit right of the guy in the hot dog suit so saying, like, yeah. We're all trying to find the we're guy all trying to find
1: the guy who did this.
2: We're all trying to find the guy who's making sure Aaron Jones isn't running the ball 20, 30 times a game. Which, like, I'm not advocating for 30, that's a lot, but 20 like 20 times is probably the amount of times Aaron Jones fi- should be touching the ball. At least 15,
1: at least 15.
2: Right. And it's just like, man, like, are we really that naive to not understand how football works? That That maybe that's not the best way to do it. I'd say not because they're losing games. and like you thought that i think the london game against the giants gave them an l was like oh it's london rabble 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 that this sucks they all their whole attitude around london sucked and that's why they probably lost that game but now like that that's why they wouldn't have a chip on their shoulder coming into this game they're just pissy about having to travel but then now you lose at home to a jets team that i guess might be kind of half good like I'm not ready to say that they're going to sit there. I think and they've be got. A, I think
1: they've got a good defense. I, you know what? You know what's funny about the Jets? Yep. go ahead. They—they're literally what the Packers should be. Mm-hmm. That is—that's it. They're a great defense. I, I don't know. I'll have to look at the stats to see if they're great. They look like a great defense in this game between Sauce Gardner on your best receiver and Quinn and Williams on the line. But right. they are a strong defensive team with two good running backs. And they, they move the ball enough. And sometimes it's ugly, but they stay in games and they win. And, that's,
2: and Right, and that's, that's what the that's, Packers have been so far this year. But they need to be more than that. They have the talent to be more than that. They, they, you know what? You might have put it the best, the best way. The Jets are a younger version of the Packers in team build-wise. They have two running backs that are very good and that work very well in tandem with each other, Michael Carter, Michael Carter and Reese Hall. Their wide receivers are decent to good, but none of them are all pro. Garrett Wilson is in the Romeo Dobbs role. Jamison Crowder, or um, Corey Davis, is in the Alan Lazard role. Um, Elijah Moore is in, like, the Randall Cobbs or Christian Watson role, the slot receiver guy. Fair enough, like, Elijah Moore didn't do anything today, but regardless of the fact. And then they have a quarterback who's not playing to their potential. Like, Zach Wilson might stink, but the hope was for him to be a lot better than he was. And Rodgers, we thought, was going to be, keep rolling and having this sort of renaissance, late career um, excellence that he's been doing coming off back-to-back MVP seasons, and it, it just fell off. Like, I'm not, I am refuse to put all of the blame on Devontae Adams leaving. It's just insane to do that. Like, Rodgers has been worse. The play calling has been worse. Like, it, it's a whole thing, and they just need to start running the ball more. We're going to keep saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it until we're blue in the face. They just have to run the ball more.
1: Yeah, I think they have to make a change on the offensive line to do that. Yeah. Um, clearly, I think Elton Jenkins was not good in this game. However, Royce Newman was abjectly terrible in this Awful. game. And Awful. I just don't understand that the only fix is like a series in the first half. Of all people, Jake Hansen comes in. Right. It's just bizarre. We've seen Zach Tom was a PFF who said he's one of the best offensive players we saw in the preseason. Just great. And I don't think he's you know a top 10 offensive lineman in the league or the conference. or anything How could crazy. we know? They don't play him. <laughs> he hasn't played, but he seems good. And, and Yash Niman, who played really well while Bach was out, is also just, just yeah. sitting there, just yeah. waiting. And it's like... Give one of these guys a chance. Why would Jake Hansen be the answer? And I've seen two solutions proposed. Either just put in one of those two guys for Newman at right guard or move over Jenkins, who, again, is not playing well this first year back from the major injury. You know, take some of that movement away, put him inside where we've seen him have success before, and put in Ninman or Tom at right tackle. Either way, do one of those things. And it was just play after play. Somehow, I'm looking at the stats now, Quinn and Williams only ends up with two sacks and two tackles for loss. He might have 10 pressures after yeah. this game. He was everywhere. everywhere. And I do think absolutely everywhere. Very late. It seemed like the Packers picked up protection a little bit and they Rodgers had some time to throw. Yeah. But the first three quarters, every time they got to third down, yep. the jets were there. The yeah. jets were there every, and almost every single time it was that right interior side of the line. And sometimes it would look like it was Myers, but it's like he's clearly trying to pass someone off mm-hmm. to Newman who has no idea. I've I don't remember the last time I've seen one offensive lineman blow up a game plan like he did. Like incredibly terrible. And it it blew up the Packers offense on at least half a dozen drives.
2: They had such lazy stunts getting home like the the Jets defense where it was just like guys doing the motion coming through and then wow, there's a lane right to Rodgers and it's because Newman, what like Royce Newman wasn't just doing anything. There are so many times I rewound the game to look at like how they got home, and it's just Royce Newman double blocking, um, Myers's guy at the center position, and then just letting his own man go straight through. Like, what are we doing? Like, that's there, there, there's no way. That's game planned for.
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't just bad blocking; it was like a total unawareness of what right. was happening. Right, total unawareness. There were so many plays where you could tell Myers is like chipping someone and then going to get someone else. Yep, and the guy he chipped, he chips him well. It's just like oh, I'll just go through because Newman's either going way over to center or way over to right tackle. Yep. It was just inexplicable for you know he looked like a guy who they signed that day. Yeah, and they 100%. were like, we need we need you to come in and play we snaps. Need you to be we know body. you don't know right what was happening.
2: It's inexplicable, but like the 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 solutions is to put your Pro Bowl left guard back at guard. Yeah, like stop making elton jenkins play tackle when he was a
1: pro bowler at guard and he was not he, we've seen him play really well at tackle before the injury Right, but like, he was not man. good at tackle in this game of really costly holding on mm-hmm. what would have been the best rushing play of the game i think it was 22 yards for aaron jones yep it's like oh listen look at this burst and we never see it again in the game ever and it, it was crucial to the play maybe it would have been less than 22 but it oh, still yeah. would have been an, would have a, like a, a chunk play. play yeah
2: like the the hold that Jenkins had he very obviously held them and it prevented the defender yeah. from making a tackle like it that was the I mean it could it could've blocked him better too but like <laughs> fucking why would you ask, why would you want that but like it just i it, it, it it's not working put no. EJ back inside either side I don't care and then
1: I I would leave the left side alone cuz I thought they actually played pretty well right. you didn't see that much come so back. Then, I would say leave right. that hole leave five through three or that's baseball but leave the left tackle through center alone so i thought they all played fine right but the right side was a mess
2: i thought bakdiari played well i was watching him for a yeah. few snaps he didn't let any pressures that way like some pressures but not like anything overwhelming i
1: think and a then, blitz got home but i don't right. know if it was entirely his fault like it wasn't
2: yeah it, there's
1: levels to this and it take, was not
2: take royce out move pj yeah. inside and
1: put tom at right tackle he shouldn't have played in this game after the first quarter no. like it was so bad and you could tell. I mean, the Jets clearly realized it, right? And you keep credit yeah. to them—we're not going to do that a ton because this is a Packers podcast, and they're not going to see the Jets again this year. But the Jets played well; they have good players, they have impact players, Quinn and Williams, etc. But they knew they then they were going after Royce Newman the whole game, and mm-hmm. I got to think—you know—knowing what the Packers' offensive line depth is like, they must have just been giddy like Josh to to see him out there for this whole game and just continue to beat him up the whole. 60 minutes of football
2: right like we gave um zach tom a a cheese week one for his fill-in during the vikings game like he just he did so well when he when he needed to fill in he had a efficiency rating on pff of 97 and he played 30 snaps so like he had like one bad one bad snap against a probably a lot better vikings pass rush and like defense And so, why not just give him a chance? If we're going to be losing in an embarrassing fashion like this, make a move that at least hopefully might have some payoff to it. Get Zach Thompson snaps to see if he is something real and can replace uh, EJ at tackle, move EJ back inside, or do anything to fix it. Don't put in Jake Hansen. Like, I'm not, it's no offense to Jake Hansen, but like, man, he's not going to be doing much else that Royce Newman's not doing already. Like, he's not proven enough to be able to do that. And it's just, it's, mind boggling that they're just not trying anything new. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see the same starting five on the offensive line get trotted out next week.
1: But yeah, which is sad, but uh... I've ex- I've
2: come to not expect changes, which is just the worst feeling. It's like it's it's like when the Bucks to bring basketball listen for a brief moment go on like their mid season slide and we're all <laughs> yelling at Bud to do anything different. Like, just just do anything that'll make sense as to not be losing games stupidly like this. And then Bud gives us the double, double birds and goes (laughs) off and wins a championship that season. Yeah. But, like.
1: Well, the difference is the NBA plays 82 games and the seeding is less important. The NFL plays 17. I was going to say 16. Yeah. 17. And now this is already three losses through six games as the Minnesota Vikings. Who have a win over Green Bay, sit at five and one after beating the Dolphins, with no one healthy, but still yeah. went and beat the Dolphins and they did their they
2: did their job.
1: Which they've done pretty much all season. And they the have, uh, have I forget them. who. They have an ugly loss to someone.
2: No, the only but, loss is to the Eagles. The six and five and zero Eagles. Yeah. And that I wouldn't call it ugly. They just lost on the road to a really good Eagles team. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, fair. That's just their only loss, and that's really their only blemish. they uh, come, came back and won against the lions and had like solidarity that way they just have been a better team
1: it's simple yeah. i just feel like they they just execute I, I don't know if the like i feel like when i see the vikings play i'm never like oh my god this is breathtaking stuff yeah. they just execute they just they do the game plan and which is like for a Kirk cousin's team exactly what you should do yep and if you have enough talent you can win games that way
2: the sentiment on um the on like Packers Twitter was pretty much just that they're the Packers are poorly coached team. And I would happen to agree with that at this moment. Like it's just, they they, they don't execute well enough.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, just the offense all year, it just has not looked like a cohesive unit outside of any, you know, missing tay or receivers or, I mean, Newman today was a different level, but outside of even offensive line issues in previous weeks, like, the game plans have not been cohesive. The You know, outside of, like, a Christian Watson rush, just everything has felt so hard. Like, both of the Jets' scores, so the rushing hard. touchdowns, they just look so easy. It was mm-hmm. schemed up so well. They got their playmakers in space, and they just went with the blocks and scored. Almost every Packers drive relies on Rogers leasing one to a double-covered Lazard mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like, why does this feel so difficult when – the Packers have a guy who's seen as like this offensive minded, you know, not just visionary, but you know, a gifted young coach. Yep. The offense has been pulling teeth in just ways that it feels like it shouldn't have to be. They're not, they don't have the most talented group of anything on offense, but they don't have the least talented group of anything either. I think even playmakers, you know, they're toward the bottom, but their guys have made enough plays right. even if they're not getting open. I know you have a stat for that, but it's just, it's felt harder than it has to be.
2: Right. And going before I get to that stat, going back a, a second to the um, offensive line that they're probably gonna trot out five, the same five players again. Uh, Matt Lafleur said in his postgame press conference that on potential O line changes, everything's on the table. That is, don't just don't believe it.
1: Should have been on the table twelve minutes into this game. Yeah. Is the problem like what? Like just the stuff he says means nothing.
2: Yep. Because we just don't see it. It's all smoke it's all and mirrors. You, I, you I put, put in early. Jake
1: Hansen for a series. Like if if everything's on the table, make the change while the points are still being put on the board. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to say that at four p.m. on Sunday. No. Nope. If you want us to believe that, make the change at one thirty on Sunday, and maybe it can actually help swing a game. He Saying makes, it now does not help swing a game.
2: I don't want to like project and what I think his changes were because like he makes changes in games. When Aaron Jones fumbles the ball against Tampa Bay, they go away from the run game. When uh AJ Dillon fumbles this game, they kinda go away from the run game.
1: When anything happens in game, they go away from the run game. That's the only change. That's the only change they're making. But like the, the 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 proper
2: course of action here is Royce Newman is getting blown up at right guard. They put yep. in Jake Hansen. Then if that's the move, keep Jake Hansen in. At least there's some rhyme or reason to it. Like, okay, Jake Hansen's in. Royce, you suck today. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> go sit down the bench. Think about what you've done. And then let Jake Hansen go. And if Jake Hansen sucks, give Royce another opportunity. But Jake Hansen wasn't like this huge thing. He let up three sacks on three straight plays for a three and out. They just went back to Royce Newman. Like, yeah, you can't it put barely... a t-
1: you can't put baby at a corner <laughs> and expect it to change. Like, come they on, put in, they put in a guy who we just don't expect to be very good, right? For like a series, and he wasn't. I, I didn't remember him as abjectly terrible, but as you made it was just so fast it was hard to see, right? Then they were like, "Well, Jake Hansen didn't look amazing out there. Let's just put Royce back." Like, what is the point of It's like, it's like if Giannis is struggling, we're gonna put an AJ Green for three possessions. Ah. Didn't make a huge difference. I mean, obviously, it's apples and oranges. You'd right. always ride with Giannis. It's a, bit, a terrible comp, but it just didn't make any sense the way they went about the the potential change in offensive line. It's
2: so much energy of like, we've tried nothing, we've tried everything and nothing's working. Or the other way, we've tried nothing yeah. and nothing's working. Like, yeah, whatever, however the adage goes, excuse me for not being able <laughs> to remember it, but come on. Just like, Oh, it's. <laughs> we've tried nothing; we're out of ideas.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. That, yeah, <laughs> between that and the not giving Aaron Jones the ball stuff, and it's just like, yeah. like, what is what? What do these any of these words mean? Like, let's see it on Sunday. That's right. all that matters in the NFL. Like, do let's something see it this on week. Sunday.
2: Do something this week in practice that makes it look like you actually cared about changing your game plan because right now they just don't. But sort of getting back to everything, looking so hard. Like I, I looked at it. I wasn't sure if it was like receivers just weren't winning routes or anything. And give like this is from um, next gen stats, which is very nice. The in four separation. So how open of our receiver is um, when he's throwing the ball? Alan Lazard is tied for 14th worst amongst qualified receivers in separation at 2.3 yards on average. This is um, 140 players. And it that sounds right. Wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah, because it's any receiving, uh, it's any pass catcher essentially. And so minimum of fifteen targets.
1: Are and there I, any other Packers on there? Can you uh, see?
2: I did. So I the only one I looked at, um, the one I looked at was Romeo Dobbs because he's like the other impact player we want to see in the in the passing game. Robert Tonyan, they didn't update it through this week, so it went, I didn't yeah. want to look at that because it. He had a better week this week than he's had the entire season. So yeah, the other one was Romeo Dobbs. He's at three point six yards, which was like middle of the pack.
1: That's, that like, sounds decent. So yeah. Here,
2: here's the the rub though: is that like Tyreek Hill had about the same amount of um, uh, separation in um, as as separation. I think as Romeo Dobbs. I can look it up quick while I banter. But the <laughs> <laughs> the the problem is is that Tyree Kill is a better receiver than Romeo Dobbs and now Lazard. He can make yep. those catches. He can use his speed in different ways that just allow for um, that separation to not matter. And then on the big plays, he runs in a straight line.
1: Way well, past. Past everybody yeah. and catches yeah. the
2: longest course touchdown. And so he's using his like skills in a different way to where the separation doesn't matter for him. But when they're only using Al Lazard on slant routes and, like, post routes and things like that, his separation matters. And I think the reason I looked this up is that on the fourth down play, I think it was, um, oh, when they when, when Lazard, I think, dropped it, yeah. and they they lost it, Sauce so Gardner was on Al Lazard, and they, it was the hand-to-hand play where Greg Olson talked about, they teach DBs hand-to-hand, like, to break up the ball by swatting the other receiver's hands. Yep. That route that lazard took was lazy they talk about planting your foot We've, we saw Devont do this all the time davante was like was like the top route runner in the league
1: he made his, chad ochocinco cry right. his routes were so crisp his cuts mattered al
2: lazard yeah. took the circliest, roundest turn on his on his route there was no purpose to it he's like i'm just gonna run that the the general direction of that route there was no foot plant there was nothing of that and that's easy for a receiver to cover you are not changing direction with purpose for a
1: db to cover yeah
2: you're just not changing direction with purpose it's just yeah you're running you're going through the motions instead of making a cut in or a cut out you're just you're just going about it lazily and that's where fundamentals and executing matter but it's also just the caliber wide receiver working with like love Lazard. i think he has potential to be a wide receiver one on this team or Obviously, is on the team, but to be a purposeful <laughs> receiver one in this league. But it's things like that, and given that's just one play, end of the game, maybe. But a tired. big play. But a big play where that execution yeah. needs to happen, and it's just not there.
1: Yeah, you know who they really missed A little bit of Sammy Watkins, who it felt like he was getting good separation and, mm-hmm. and run pretty good routes. But, I mean, just because of his pure physical attributes, Christian Watson was, when they let him run he was finding some space obviously the issue was what he was doing with that space but right again another reason that we really need to hope that these receivers can get healthy and now randall cobb who seemed like he was worried that ankle might have been a serious issue then after the game a little less worried but we don't have definitive answers on that quite yet
2: yeah they but- uh they said that randall avoided breaking his uh his ankle x-rays were negative but he has a potential for a high ankle sprain and this, this has, could still
1: be few weeks
2: has an MRI tomorrow so he could yeah. be out a, if it's a severe high ankle sprain he could be out possibly the rest of the year and
1: we still we still have at least a couple weeks on Watkins walk, because he was placed nope. on nope. oh no
2: this week was his last week so he can come oh. off he can come off this coming week for the commander's I f- game if they forgot
1: how that. long he's been out
2: yep it was pre Bucks been pre-buck's game yeah
1: um, so hopefully he's able to get back, and hopefully Watson can get healthy. And the issue there, right, is he's still not acclimated as a true yep. wide receiver. I mean, does Amari Rodgers now have more catches downfield than Christian Watson? Probably. Or at least maybe. it's got to be really close. One yeah, two it's maybe 1-2 to two or 1-1. One to one. That's that the, the, the real issue. I said that in the yeah. Discord.
2: I said Amari Rodgers got targeted downfield more than Christian Watson. I'm, I'm sick.
1: I mean, obviously Watson didn't play in this one, but – yeah. Since that first drop, it's it's gotta be pretty close, which again, you want a guy who's gonna get open. Watson has the speed to do that, but they don't trust him to do anything except, you know, basically jet sweeps at this and they've been effective ish, but yeah, you know, that's that's not helping drives, the deep pass game.
2: Drives me insane. Just actually yeah. up the wall. We saw it I was so excited when we saw it start with the Vikings game. Right. So excited. It was so heartbreaking to see him drop it when he could have I wonder it.
1: like how much different is the season if he hauls that thing in. Man, we're going into
2: some I yeah, you can't do it. You, if Chris
1: was healthy and, and everything if K D was out, not on the line and everything else. If, if
2: some butts and candy and nuts. Yeah, yeah. But talk about Rogers a bit. Rogers in my notes I'm not entirely serious, but I'm definitely a little serious. It's just Rogers sucks question mark. <laughs> like, I I just don't know. You've talked about it at length on Twitter and then last week with Adam. His deep ball accuracy just isn't there. No. and maybe like they're like i know you didn't like the um the ball he threw to aaron jones when aaron jones caught it out of bounds no, was,
1: i mean it was it was a catchable ball but it was behind him and jones had his yep. man beat and he had to wait up for it and that's when he got pushed out and it he,
2: was a little towards the sideline which is why he yeah, was out of bounds
1: and he's not he's not you know randy moss right he's not able to drag both feet in while making that fight fading backwards catch. <laughs> it's a back. hard ball to catch yeah <laughs>
2: Like Aaron Jones on the wheel route has been a Matt LaFleur staple his entire time. As it should be. As it should be. But that doesn't mean you can throw the ball up there like it is prime Randy Moss and expect him to come down with it. He's going to be sort of not so graceful catching the ball down the sideline because he just doesn't have that sort of technique like any other premium wide receiver does. But. The deep ball to Lazard that Lazard misjumped, that was thrown to double coverage and wasn't out in front of him. It's just,
1: man. Outside of the one, the streak to Lazard that he hauls in, the 35-yarder, the longest completion to anyone was, I think, 16 to Tunyon. And all of the—I think one was downfield, but I would probably say like eight or nine of the ten were— I mean, the jets were basically playing prevent and mm-hmm. Rogers just keeps finding him underneath. And then Tunyon scampers around a little bit mm-hmm. like the, there's just not been these big completions downfield. I, nope. It's, it's a problem with how often they try to do it, especially in some big situations where, again, we keep seeing third and fourth and short and either they're throwing, you know, post routes if they are in the red zone, which, as you mentioned, they just really didn't spend any time there. Cause they, didn't move the ball in this game, right. or they're just really trying to throw 15, 20 farther yards downfield, and they they just cannot do that reliably this season, whether it's the receivers or Rodgers. I think early in the season it was more the former. Yeah. I think later Rodgers' ball, you know, I don't think he's been terrible. I don't think he sucks, but I think he's just been okay for most of this season. And yeah, You look at pre this game, he, I think he was 12th among quarterbacks in total pff grade yeah which sounds right you know it's not you're not dealing with you know he's better than zach wilson in this game which not saying a lot but he's not he doesn't look like an mvp guy who's willing them nope. to wins he not just anymore. literally hasn't done that nope. yeah
2: and um roger said post game uh bill huber tweeted this out from the press conference um from roger's quote when we struggle it's when we try to do too much roger says um and Roger says he like he'd like to be more simplistic um, in the approach on offense. "Quote the plays that we had were the plays that we had and were executable. Executable. I can't speak today. So this is not an attack on the staff at all, but the execution when it looks like that, it's not good enough." But he said the scheme is good. It's really good, and I would happen to disagree. Like they're taking so many like deep shots down the field, but aren't throwing in the middle of the field. Like, we saw some plays, and they had positive yardage on these plays where they're throwing crossing and slant routes and getting good chunks of yards, right? But there's so often we see um, wide receiver screens, just like little uh, negative throwing it one yard behind the line of scrimmage and making the receiver make a move to get yardage. Why not throw it in the middle of the field? We're seeing it work. Like, Tunyon had catches in the middle of the field. I think Romeo Dobbs had a catch in the middle of the field. And it's just like, man. Amari Rodgers. Amari Rodgers. Greg Olson said it on uh, on the broadcast. Rarely do you see copycat in the game of the NFL work so quickly. But the play that they ran for Amari Rodgers when he caught that ball streaking across the middle was the play that the Jets had just run against the Packers that had gotten them yardage. Like, it's it's the reason why... We, the Packers need a game manager over an MVP level quarterback right now. They need to throw the ball to get five to ten yards on their passes, rather than hope that 2012 Rodgers walks through that door, 2011 Rodgers walks through that 2020 door,
1: 2020 right? Rodgers walks through that, or 2021 Rodgers. They're Many not getting of, that either,
2: right? Like it's it's he's just not the the maybe the timing or the relationship or whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to blame it on he just can't make those throws anymore and they're not getting completed maybe he's making them and the receivers aren't catching them but man it's just the scheme needs to be make the game simple for rogers especially if the thumb issue that has cropped up is going to be an issue yeah. he kept saying it's not a problem it's not a problem it's not a problem i couldn't i could tell you how many wrinkles he has on his damn hands they are looking at him shaking it out so much <laughs> on the broadcast <laughs> Every shot of Rodgers is him wincing and then shaking you know, his hand because it probably freaking hurts. Yeah. And Oh my Lord, it's, it was a frustrating day of Packers. So football.
1: I, I disagree with you. They could certainly need MVP, an MVP quarterback. The issue that the Packers have and they've had all year is they have a guy who's playing like he's that guy, but he's not executing like he's that guy. Rodgers continues to throw the balls and, you know, going for insane double coverage down the field when he's got 12 yards of wide open grass in front of him that could be an easy jog forward and slide or go out of bounds and and move the chains. But he's trying to zip it on the move downfield or in the yeah. double coverage into a tight window, into a five-foot window or whatever. But the throws aren't there. And he's not bad, but he's not able to hit these these pinpoint throws that he's used to hitting. And that's what's killing them, is that he's, he's somewhere in the middle of – look playing like an MVP, but operating that way and being a game manager. If he just did this uh, Bailey Zappy playbook and handed the ball off a bunch and kicked out and rolled out and play action and hit guys who are running across open on slants, they'd move the ball a lot better. But he's in this awkward place of like, you know, oh, I can, well, let's go along on third and short i can hit that throw. oh my god
2: the the deep ball second and 22 made be so angry like
1: it one out of so five angry. six times i mean outside of the one nozard i can't really remember a ball that he placed well down the field no. that Not. was like oh my god did you see that throw and it's just like you can't <laughs> you can't do it eight times a game if you're completing one of them it's just such it's killing drives
2: yep yeah, it's makes my head spin but yeah i the, the second and 22 play where they bombed it to Lazar and it's incomplete. Like, Yeah, great time to call a bomb down the field. Like, If you know you're going for it on fourth down, you have to. Why not throw a middle route to get some yards back and then hand take the a ball. shot down the field or do anything to get yeah. some of that 22 yards back to get a first down because then you're hand, hamstrung on third down and then you're hamstrung on fourth down. They're just... It, the, the process is not good right now. And yeah, I see what you're saying about like the Packers like needing MVP level quarterback. I agree. I, I, like, I think they need
1: either. The problem right. is
2: they're getting they're neither. Get, right, they're getting neither. They're thinking that, or Rogers thinks he's that level and is not X level, like you had said. You had mentioned that like. There's plays where he can, like, take the ball and run a little bit. I think it was a pass to Tunyon that was incomplete or whatever it was. Rodgers, so... I think you know the, t- the play I'm talking about. He was, rolled out right. He rolled out right. It was first and ten, and he had nobody in front of him. He could have gotten five, six yards just just jogging. Well,
1: he might have gotten the first down, honestly. Right. There was
2: nobody there, and he threw it at the line of scrimmage. He does that thing where the very Rodgers thing.
1: You got like your ankles behind it. So it's still legal. Right. And that where he like
2: pump, pump, pumps, like he's going to throw it to get the linebacker to freeze on yep. whoever he's covering in the middle. And then just runs it like tucks and runs. But instead of pump, pump, pump run, he faked out what me for sure. He pumped, pump, 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 and then passed. And then it fell incomplete. It's like Rogers, buddy, just run the ball. Like we, it, it needs to be simpler for Aaron Rogers and company for at least the next month. Like, they need to get into a rhythm and understand that their offense is making it it like clicks when things are simple, like Rogers is saying. But that falls on him, too, to make simple passes. We talked about it. I talked about it on the preview pod. I'm not saying calling for Rogers to be a game managing quarterback because he has more of what I thought talent to be able to do that at his age. But if you're having young wide receivers who are not running routes or getting separation, make the game easier on the team. We've talked about since week one that sort of the narrative of the season was going to be the receivers and how they play and the development of Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs has been fine. Watson has been hurt. So we can't really judge Christian Watson for that so much, but you can do so much by getting Romeo Dobbs consistent targets and consistent catches by making a dink and dunk offense sort of work. It doesn't have to be two, three yards. It can be five, six yards with stuff across the middle, but then you need to commit to actually doing it. And they're not doing it. It's the, 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 the shots they're taking and sort of the play calling they're having is on simple drives. It doesn't make a lot of sense almost ever. Like, I can't tell you there was a drive this season, at least not in the last couple of weeks where I'm like, man, what a nice drive. It looked good. Yeah. They committed to the run. Their are passing um, plays were executed. Well, they made sense. I can't think of any time to do it. It's just like it's
1: probably one in the first quarter, the first half of the giants game, but the last six quarters of football. There's certainly been none. No, Outside of the Bears game, do you know how many yards Aaron Rodgers has rushed for in 5 games outside of that one? He has rushed for. Rodgers has. Rodgers.
2: It's going to be like 8
1: -1. One. 1 rush for -1 against the Vikings and Bucks, 1 rush for 1 against New England, none against the Giants, 1 rush for 0 in this game. And five for 10 yards against the Bears. So, overall in the year, it's nine rushes for 30. nine yards. So, that's just not been there. So, that's, you know, again, he was never Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. but clearly a quarterback who could move well and would make some plays with his feet. He has just hasn't done that at all this season. Like, they, and that's a big part when your offense is struggling. I mean, that's something that people talk about NFL wide of like, you know, if you have a quarterback who can rush a bit. It just raises the floor of the offense because it's so hard to guard downfield, guard the running backs, everything else, and account for that. That's why that dimension just being gone is tough.
2: That's why Rodgers was so hard to play against when he was in his prime. Is that he would do that? Like he, they. I feel like they've stopped bootlegging him out to get him time and space to throw the ball. But like maybe that's just the receivers aren't good enough to make those long plays develop or
1: anything like that. And the offensive line isn't giving you time to roll out, which was an issue right. in this game, but it is bizarre to see him, you know, in 5 of the 6 games just do nothing on the ground.
2: Right. And it's just like, man, it's it looks like a different Packers team cuz it is, but it looks like a very different Packers team than we saw last year.
1: Yeah, and I think he's got like only twice as many yards as fumbles i think now like it's just he's gone twice from as many
2: yards as fumbles yeah what do you
1: so he has fumbled five times Who? and has nine yards aaron rogers oh he's fumbled like
2: not five times this season yep
1: yeah. uh Jeez. he doesn't Gosh. lost them all but he has oh. just, he had three coming in and, and lost two, two more or fumbled twice and lost one in this game yeah just so again he's gone from a guy who could kill you if he was able to roll out to a guy who is not at time has not a hit the deep throws and right. you know is more likely to lose the ball when he's holding it than he is to make a positive play on the ground right but yeah i mean he's 38 you know i'm not expecting him to rush for 50 yards a game or something no, but, but at least have the even there <laughs> i mean i remember like old man drew Brees would get out every so often and Right. You know, you, you make you get the guys going downfield and that is, I mean, if you are gonna run these deep routes, that's what that should be opening up is yep. you send in the secondary down the field. If you get a hole, there should be space there. I mean, any quarterback can run for a bit these days.
2: Yeah. It's it's not good. Yeah. According to ESPN stats and info, uh Rob Demboski tweeted out the Packers have scored hundred and seven points in six games this season. 17.8 per game. That's obviously averaged out. Um, according to the ESPN stats and info, that's the fewest in any six-game span with Aaron Rodgers as their starting quarterback. Mm, wow, I so, believe it. That's, it's a, it. It's felt that way, and it's indicative of just the, the play that's happening.
1: I mean, I can't, and this is going to sound hyperbolic. I legitimately don't think it is. Outside of like severe injury or weather, I can't remember a time in our lifetimes where the Packers struggled to move the ball this much.
2: You know when they struggle to move this ball this much?
1: What? Every, about the floor, playoff game. Okay, fair. I mean, for extended <laughs> runs no, in a regular I season. I know, I know, I mean, I know. Even, even late stage Favre, when it was, like, rough, like, he was turning the ball over, but he, at least, like, they were getting to go down the field a bit. Yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that. I mean, it's it has just felt so painful. Yeah. And they just, I mean, we say this every week, but they need answers. I mean, we're mm. we're mid-season, you know, they're not in a position where, they can like be happy with you know a plucky's seven eight win team and a solid draft pick they're supposed to be contending yep. they, they're they sure not looking like it but Absolutely not. i think the biggest thing that has to happen now and I, you know positive signs the defense look great for a lot of this game the secondary continues to be a strong point yep you got to figure out the offensive line and you just got to get the offense just more functional like either Rogers starts to play better and finds a second win this year, or I think more realistically, they just incorporate a game plan that utilizes what they have better. It just feels like right now they're still game planning for MVP 12 under center and they just don't have it. And it's just, it's, and I don't think he's been terrible, but he has not been amazing. I think he's just been good and they're just not ready for that. It looks like. Yeah,
2: I would, say he has been less than good but that's just differing
1: opinions i mean i think less than good to his standard i think league wide yeah i mean the guys we're seeing him face i think he's been better than most of them outside of kirk
2: i guess like he's yeah you said he is better than zach wilson today and like i i'm not saying zach wilson balled out on he was good in any you, way but you like,
1: could argue daniel jones was better than him that's last week, which is pretty tough yeah
2: and like there was nothing today where I was like, man, Aaron Rodgers is all playing Zach Wilson. To me, they play at the yeah. same level. They used Aaron Rodgers more to the, uh, to the detriment of the Packers. They used Zach Wilson less to the benefit of the Jets. Yeah. But they both had the same impact on the game. Like Zach Wilson arguably had more of an impact on the game because he wasn't making the mistakes that Rodgers was doing and giving away drives. The first half, sure. Uh, but, yeah, I was going to say sure. he had some
1: pretty tough. The second, half he, 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 second yeah. half, he did just fine. He was he, leading. He just leading handed drives. the ball off. I, I mean, I think, I'm I think if sure, we were, but... I think if we were doing a Jets pod, we'd be less, less up on how Zach. I think the first half he was right. a disaster. The second half they just moved him out of the way for the most part, which is not great quarterback play. That's just like a coach who's more able to say, Zach, you're not. You're he, not it. You're not it, buddy.
2: He threw as many good deep balls as Aaron Rodgers today.
1: I think he threw one less. I think Rodgers threw one. I don't think Wilson threw any. The, I think one, the Corey Davis ball was not good.
2: 40 yards is still 40 yards. Like It's still a completed pass. That, it, it, you can't tell me that the, the Corey Davis tied. ball... I'll give you time. You can't say that the Corey... Well, I, the Corey Davis ball wasn't any more lucky than the lazard ball
1: no the Lazard ball he, he placed it that's the thing he did what he thinks he can do every throw on that ball that right. was into double coverage <laughs> yeah but he still he laced it in the right spot the Corey davis like a good good secondary play breaks that up like there was nothing yeah. that could be done about the lizard ball i mean it had to be a great catch but it was in the perfect spot the Corey davis ball was like throw it up Corey davis gets to it eric stokes doesn't and yeah. that's that's the play i think it is different but i do see your point
2: yeah all right, it's been Do right, so We have anything else? I have one, like one more thing that, or two more things I want to touch on just before we get out of here.
1: Um, I know I teased about some stats, but I think I did get to them all. Okay, did you pull uh, up the ones oh.
2: that you had pulled up? The tweet?
1: I don't remember having a tweet pulled up.
2: Already, right, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Wood as of a minute ago. Um which is indicative of just how the game went. You pretty much boil, distill the game down to this. Aaron Rodgers was sacked four times and hit nine times. The first time it's happened since the week six of 2020 at the Bucks when they got demolished. Aaron, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon combined for 60 yards on 19 carries only the second time since the start of last season they even held the 60 yards. The Jets completely dominated the Packers' line. That's from Ryan Wood. And that's the story of the game. That's all there is to it. But then uh, Peter Bukowski said, what's well, the 11th, last week, Monday? Or no, last week, Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers is playing like a quarterback who publicly feuded with his team. Choked in the playoffs before long retirement. Didn't believe he could help the team by coming to spring ball. Then spent the summer doing more podcasts than me, Peter Bukowski. But no, I can't figure out why the Packers suck either. And it's like, it's a lot to project onto Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. it's a thread in the tapestry of what's going wrong with the Packers this season.
1: Yeah. It's been multifaceted. I mean, I think there's not, there's very few that you feel like truly great about. Nope. And that's... which is, which is a bummer because again, I do think this is a good team when everything is aligned correctly. And we just haven't seen that at all consistently, like offense, defense, whatever, like they clearly could use some playmakers, And we're going to keep hearing about Odell Beckham Jr. Clearly that was brought up on the broadcast (laughs) a couple of times. I mean, would I be opposed to that? No. But also, like, do I think Odell signing with Green Bay is going to fix all the issues in the pass game? Absolutely not.
2: No, Rogers still needs to hit him. They still need to throw. They need
1: enough time for him to get the ball downfield. And Mm -hmm. it could almost be worse if they, oh, we got Odell. Let's throw even more. No, hand the ball off. Get, yep. get your best five group of offensive linemen, and this is you know Sternberger being promoted seems like it may be hurting the team more than helping the team at this point. But get your best five group of offensive linemen and get them ready. Or Sternovich. Sternberger's the former the, Packers the tight end, right? Down.
2: Yeah, Sternovich or Stenovic, whichever Stunovich. it is. Yeah, Stenovic,
1: cross them over there, but get your best group of five offensive linemen and figure out the production. Cause I mean, we know the game starts in the trenches and the defense has seen that so many times in the last couple of weeks, but uh-huh. run the ball a lot and then use that to build out the passing game. And whether you got Odell Beckham or, you know, Deguara back there yeah. doesn't really matter if you're not doing things the right way with the, the way Rogers and guys have been playing.
2: Right. And it's, The matter of the fact is that they can sign Odell if they really want to. I would be shocked if they did, because it goes against everything the Packers just stand for, essentially, because why would you add talent during the season? (laughs)
1: Um, That Amari Rodgers spot, man. Or that Amari Rodgers roster spot, man. Dude, it's... But the point being that
2: if they sign Odell, they still have to scheme Odell into the offense, and... I don't care to have Odell on the field if they're going to keep with the offense that, that they're doing right now. It just, exactly. it, 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 they still need to utilize him to his, Odell's best ability. And they just don't, I don't, I don't see them doing that.
1: I kind of want to see more Mario Rogers offensive sets. If he's going to catch the ball for a couple of He ran minutes, a good route. Got open. Not? He caught it. I, it was, I was honestly pretty disappointed That they never—that was his only target. Like, I just—I don't. It was late in the game, too. It it late-ish. I think it was third quarter. Yeah. I mean, it was when they're trying to mount a comeback. Like, I just think you got a guy who gets out there and makes a play. Mm -hmm. You know, Lazard has his hands full with Sauce Gardner out there, and Dobbs was kind of bottled up too. Like, I just don't get why you don't go. You know, stay out there, go make another play. Like another play. We're in desperation mode here. The hot hand. Yeah.
2: I don't know. It's entirely just frustrating. Yeah. So. alrighty, righty. That was hardly as cathartic as I needed it to be. I feel that. better. I, I don't feel, feel better. better. I feel worse that we keep having to talk about the same thing over and over and over and over. I feel again. better
1: cuz you know I'm I'm thinking about Marjon Bochamp now. So maybe that's Ooh. why I feel better. Maybe.
2: <laughs> but uh to move on a little bit. Next week commanders we're not going to do a preview of that. So well, we are going to preview that. We're not going to preview it now. We'll be back on Thursday to, uh, to talk about the Commanders and hopefully... Get ready for the stop.
1: commies. Stop.
2: Stop. There's the skit that they got going on. However, before we leave today, we have a new review. The Let's see. Crazy Ferguson decided to leave a five-star review on Apple Pods, Podcasts. <laughs> so, it, like Crazy Ferguson here, you can have your review uh read out and this is what uh crazy Ferguson had to say subject line t-o-t-t just talking tundra <sighs> i can't live on a three all this <laughs> <laughs> this little tot thought oop i clicked off of it oopsie daisies we'll restart this little tot thought <laughs> of a podcast makes me feel so will the beast in my breezy jeans Numac's voice has an uncanny uncanny resemblance to that of Al Roker. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like aliens are able to read my thoughts, but then I think it's not aliens. It's just Al Roker's vocal doppelganger, Numac, And he has special abilities that he has harnessed during his time playing jazz piano in secret, wink wink, in a secret, wink wink society, where people put on animal masks and tickle each other gently with feathers. Anywho, great content about the Packers. I'll take any chance to hear Ty Winnish talk even more. He's actually a very funny man, despite what Al Roker says about him. Maybe Ty will sell me a slab of good goat meat and we can tempt Rohan to get off his vegetarian diet. Rohan catching a stray. That reminds me, does Numac eat goat? It's important to know this. I'm planning a picnic. I'd like to invite everyone from the podcast because I have a feeling we will all be friends one day. There's no better way to start a friendship than going on a goat meat picnic together. Since NewMac is making fast sacks of cash doing this podcast, <laughs> he can pay for the picnic. Thanks for the treat. Thanks for the content. And most of all, thanks for reading this live on your podcast. I love hearing you guys read my written word vomit.
1: The second time, I believe, where this crazy Ferguson, this reviewer, like, drops in a little Tywinish compliment, and then also slides in that I'm just a butcher in this world. <laughs> in, in this headcanon he has of all of us, I, I sell the meats that he procures to <laughs> hang out with the rest of you. And I'll take it. I'll Honestly, I'll take it. That's fine. This man is a wordsmith. Man or woman? Man I suppose or woman. we don't know. This person. This
2: person yeah. is a wordsmith. An yeah. eloquent wordsmith? I will not say. But no. a wordsmith nonetheless. Yeah. So, thank you. Crazy Ferguson for your wonderful review and uh and uh comments. It made the end of the pod a little better, maybe feel a little bit a little bit greater coming out of the I feel like uh, coming out of this this tough
1: loss. Gotta go full full Bill Simmons. These are my readers, these are our listeners. <laughs> psychos this is it. psychos. Yeah. sickos like us.
2: Sickos, psychos. Same thing. We're both yeah. in that group. So already everybody. Bucks start this week. Go check out the non Bucks East. Over under pod over on the GSP and Eurostep feed should be a good one. And the Bucks, I think, open correct me if I'm wrong against the six Thursday night, TNT. Yep, against Joel Embiid, uh, Rick Ross, Brick Harden. <laughs> I forget what his nickname was last year, but it was it was good. James Harden, and who else is on that team now? Ooh, PJ Tucker, Tyrese Maxey, PJ, PJ Tucker, Tucker. old friend in Milwaukee.
1: Ooh. Honestly, I think yes. I think so, too. But
2: go check out all the good things we have going on on uh, GSPN. No, nope, we're wrong. In Philly. In Philly. So yeah. you can get all your GSPN info at gspn.info. Go fill out the Discord form, get in there with a review, screenshot of a five-star review, just like Crazy Ferguson did. Um, Other than that, we'll be back with you guys for a preview part of the Commanders on Thursday. So, hi. Thank you for joining me today, buddy.
1: Numack.